going over to my son's tonight and I'm like, Mrs. Claus is very busy. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, how about the fact that it's 60 degrees today, you guys? Oh, oh my, my God. I know. I, I was outside oh, you're sweating in the city. My, yeah, sweating my butt off. Our son is visiting with us from University of Maryland, and so we went out to Papaya, Papaya. on 77 West 72nd Street, and we had our hot dogs out there across the street on West 72nd Square. on Verde Square. So. You know, I'm looking at sure. you, Stephen. I feel like I've known you forever. I know, I know. we just left. <laughs> we just met a few years back, but you look like an old friend now. I mean, you just... the hosts of the podcast Angst and Daisies invited Barcrow Radio's Alan and Rebecca for a Christmas Eve chat, a toast and catching up with two recently met, now old friends. Steve Saparito is an accountant and lawyer and knower of all things in American politics, and Caroline Aaron is an actress, presently playing Shirley Maisel in, you know, that most popular Amazon hit series. We talked a wee bit of politics, a bit more of family, got a morsel about the amazing Mrs. You-Know, and then shared our favorite Christmas memories. Hope you enjoy this little shot of season warmth and fun. Hey. Hey, guys. Hi, Hi. Caroline. How you doing? Eric, by the way, sitting in here is um, our brand newly minted producer. So Me both. How you doing? Uh, hello. I, I thought the sound was a little different because I've been listening Thanks and uh, Daisy's the last few, and they sound really, really good. There's a lot of variety to it, and... Is that is that due to the your your new producer? We've been trying. Well, yes, because Eric's been uh, doing a good job in editing, and uh, we've been nitpicking everything, trying different ways to record it. We bought Caroline a new microphone. Are you using it today or no? No, I am not no. using it. Today. It's one of those days, kids. There you so are. It's just, it's just one of those days. So I, I'll be putting on makeup while we're doing this. Oh, we're, that's great. I love it. Where, where 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 are you going? Where, why do you She's have to leave to us so son's. quickly? She's going to her, her son's house. Well, look, I don't know because I figured this is the last time I'm going to clean up for three days. You gonna so, are you going to have the Jewish uh, Jewish Christmas? Oh, we we have Christmas like no Christian ever did. Let me just say, <laughs> I do have a very special question to ask you guys, which yeah, is yeah yeah son was visiting from Maryland, and my daughter is visiting from California, and I feel we all feel so incredibly guilty. Um, we know we're not supposed to be doing this, any of us. And I told her not to come, you oh, know, that boy. we would be okay with her not coming. Yeah. She wanted to come, you know, all of her people were fleeing and she stayed at a friend's apartment for five days. Then she stayed at my son's apartment for two days. She's been here for a week and she just came to see us last night. So um, how did you guys feel about your son coming? That's what I want to know. We've been getting together with our a very limited with our daughter and son-in-law and grandchild and our son and our son and sometimes our uh, niece Jessica, who uh, works for Play on Philly, which is a Philadelphia organization that helps inner-city kids learn how to play music, and she will come and visit us. And so, you know, Caroline, it's a small circle, a you pod. Gotta, you kind of take pod. a chance, right? Well, our son lives like a monk, though. He he lives he, he lives in a he gets has a room in the house near the university. He's online, he's completely online. How how do you feel about uh, getting together with your family? I felt terrible about it because she flew, and and not only did I wanted her to not do it, not I mean I thought she was doing it for us, 
And I kept saying, you don't have to do it for us. We're yeah. going to be together when we're together, you know, yeah. um, again. And she really wanted to be here. And she had, she worked it out so that she would quarantine in all these different ways. But then when you see all these stories on the news about people who can't be with their families yeah. and yeah. Oh, it made me feel so badly. Yeah. And, yeah. and and they've made the decision to do it that way. And here you are with your daughter feeling yeah. so guilty. I feel so guilty. I don't think we have to feel guilty about being with our family. I think it's you know. the bigger, I think it's the bigger groups, you know, where you have your neighbors in or your best friends. You know, they even say a small group of people is, is okay. So I shouldn't yeah. have invited the seventh floor over <laughs> no, for the Christmas no, party? No, big party, honey. Oh. I, I'm actually, I'm actually skipping uh, the family. We're, it's not happening. The family Christmas Eve, Italians Christmas Eve is oh. the big night with yeah. the seven fishes and it's usually 18 people and it just right. isn't happening this year. And it's kind of sad and liberating all at the same time, you know? So what are you um, doing although, instead? Uh, doing I'm podcasts? doing th- this podcast recording. You're pod hopping. Um, yeah. And, um, and, and have, having drinks with you guys. Yes. All right, here you go. Cheers. 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 I know Caroline doesn't Caroline, drink. but you uh, have your Coke? I'll be right back. I'm getting a drink. Oh, okay. She's getting okay. she's we'll, getting a drink. We'll right. So while she's getting a drink, I'll tell you what I'm having. I know um, you you sent us the cocktail menu. It was so complicated. I, it, it, it's There's not so many really ingredients. that complicated. Although I will say this, I looked up Christmas cocktails. Yeah. Christmas is a really shitty time for cocktails. Really? I just have to say, it's like noggy, and I didn't even know what a wassail is. Oh but yes. The, oh, we, oh, I have oh, a friend. Alan could tell you Paul about that. Rubin. Not not Paul we Rubin. Right. But he made made a wassail for years. Yes. He would make it. He'd make and I think I was the only one that drank it. it and I, well, I it loved was it. Horrible. Horrible. What is it? What is it? It's it's it's, it's a lot of different whiskeys kind of and whiskey beers and, and it has and like uh, egg, egg white on the top and it's Ugh. warm and, and it's friendly it and it's cuddly and it's very well, alcohol alcoholic. Very alcoholic, yeah. Well, this is just this was the one that sort of appealed to me. It's uh, cranberry juice, it's pomegranate juice, it's orange juice, uh, it's vodka, nice Belvedere vodka used. Ah, and then you're supposed to top it off with uh, Seven Up, but you know, between me and you, I use Sprite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're all friends. We're all friends here, yes. so I, I we use won't hold Sprite. it against you. It sounds a little bit like a prostate kind of cocktail. And then, yeah, yeah. and then you, um, and then you, uh, top it off with, uh, pomegranate seeds. Sure. Sure. All all that stuff is good for your prostate. So it's, uh, it's excellent. Actually, it's So well done. Well, cheers. And, uh, I don't know what Caroline walked away getting her, uh, she's getting her drink. in on the word prostate. We haven't had that before. Yeah. Well, well, that's what his his drink is good for. A lot of cranberry and pomegranate. Pomegranate. Right. Right. That'll keep you going for another few years. Yep. Yeah, so what are you yep. drinking, Caroline? My favorite beverage, Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> I have it in a cocktail glass. But yes, it's in a lovely crystal. But it's in a lovely crystal glass, and I'm having a nice Malbec. So do you, have some, did, did, do you have something that you want us to talk about, Steve? Yes. Cool. Right, Caroline, you want to you lead us through this? I have a bunch of things I want to talk to you guys about. One of the things I wanted to ask you guys is, how did the podcast change since you guys are an on-location podcast? It's one of the most charming things about what you do. Well, thank you. I really believe that. And then the pandemic sort of shut that down. I want to know how did the podcast change for you guys? It's evolved. It, it really has. It has. It, ha- it has had to. But over the summer, uh, the street that we live on, West End Avenue, 
between 87th and 96th was closed off to traffic. Oh, um, wow. And so we went and podcast on the street. And it was so much fun. We had an open mic. And we had a you know a few good ideas and some not very good ideas. But uh, for example, we did a trivia night. There's this morning show. Sometimes when I'm in the uh, car with my friends or my daughter, they play this radio station. They have all kinds of silly, funny ideas. And I want to do this one. It's called Things. I guess it's a, a game too, but I totally want to steal it. So it's Things. For example, Things You Shouldn't Lick. You ask the people in the street. Oh, <laughs> oh that's yeah, so well, good. We, we haven't done that yet. But we had some politicos on. We had the... Um, Gail Brewer came onto the street with us and um, some of the local uh, politicians. Uh, some people that oh, are right, on the, str- on the street. On the street, yes. On the street. Nice. sat with us in the summer on the street. Were you guys spontaneous about who was on the street or did you make appointments in advance? With we made appointments, but Both. we also had an open mic. Both, yeah. So right. that uh, people could just walking along the street could come up. And one of the best shows we had was the day that we knew that President-elect uh, Biden yeah. Was in fact President elect Biden. Well, we went out, the street was full of people. But you have to start with the fact that the way we knew that Biden had won or had been, you know, he got he got enough for that that, that somebody was announcing him the winner, right? Whenever one of the, the the media outlets. And all of a sudden we heard in the street the banging that would go on at seven, seven o'clock, people banging their, you know, pots, pots. and 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 clapping and whistling and making noise and we both kind of stopped what we were doing and we went that only means one thing and alan said let's get the mics let's go and it we was, ran out into the street i called it the joyous sound it, it was, was an amazing thing now you you two did a three-parter which i thought was kind of brilliant where you started two days before the election yeah, yeah. and then steve you were out in um in scranton in Scranton, Joe uh, Biden's hometown. Right, That's and you right. were a, a poll worker out there. I was a, I was a legal poll observer, so That's I right. was working for the Democrats to just be there in case anything screwy happened. Right. And so, you, what did you look for? You were inside where they were counting. Well, or where I, they were voting. They were inside and outside, and it was a very small. It was a small place. It was like small town. I had done four years ago. I had done the same thing. For Hillary in Philadelphia, which was a very big thing, where right. there were like four precincts in one in one place. This was one precinct. It was in like the VFW Hall. Um, the woman who ran it was really nice because you can get people who are, you know, you're not allowed to come into the building to use the bathroom, and oh, wow. you must be like, you know, here's the line. And she's like, you can be in the, you can be inside, and if you need to use the bathroom. And we have coffee and, you know, she was just really, really nice. Cool about it. You're there in case machines go down, in -hmm. case um, people are told, like a lot of people are told they're not on the books, who are like, I'm always on the books. Why am I, you know, to call into, and there's a war room set up where they coordinate all of the information. You know, Philadelphia four years ago, there were lines, there were problems, there was, you know, and I was like, it was really, really active. I went to Scranton and I chose that area because I thought it would be kind of a Trumpy kind of area. You think? I thought that's Biden's country. I thought that's where he's from. Well, it's where he's from, but it's Trump country. So I was like, and I put in for the Scranton area and they put me in Scranton itself. And it was like small town America. You know, it was like, oh, you know, at 7 a.m. There's a 15 minute wait. 
And then the rest of the day, it was like, no way, no way, no way. All machines working, all machines working, no way, all machines. I'm going to go to the Italian deli down the street, <laughs> yeah, right. and, you know, and it's just, it felt anticlimactic. But as somebody said, it's like, you're a piece in a much bigger puzzle and you need all of the pieces to keep the right. puzzle together. Right. And I, I so, recommend anyone listen to Yanks and Daisies number 66. I'll put a call out for you guys. Uh, in which you had two days before, day of the election, uh, with Steve and Scranton, and then two days uh, after, yep. in which you reacted to the so-called Biden win, because we're still yeah, not sure the president is not. Oh my gosh! Is not convinced, and you know he's the president of the freaking United States now. Come on, he's yeah. Let's, let's give him some credit here. You know, it's he's kind of amazing. Still not, still not decided. You know that, right? Oh, I know. Not decided. I know. Now, the other question I had for you guys is part of that, which is let's fast forward in our minds and say we are back to a version of our lives before. What will you do with what you've learned? Will you go back to your old format? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go back to the bar as soon oh, as I can. Oh, right. Yes, the bars, except the bar, our, our favorite bar is closed. Yeah, Gephardt's where if, we had our first um, be opening again. recording is closed, and we don't know if Matt's going to open. We'll have so. to go begging again. <laughs> Go look, go look for a bar. Oh, really? That's amazing. I didn't even think about that, that you guys are dealing with businesses that have been so crippled. Yep. Right. Yep. And uh, Matt right. Gephardt was so good to us. And, you, I mean, you were there. You, you oh, I uh, love that yeah. place. Yeah. Oh, closing. That was, that was, I mean, they had the big sign out on the street. They were so wonderful. Yeah. Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar in West 72nd Street. Matt's a really street. great guy. We try to put it out. So um, can I ask about uh, Miss Maisel? Are you producing? Yes, it's you a may big secret, isn't it? Yes, it's no, it's not a secret. We are going back to work January 6th. Oh, nice. Okay. And, yes, and we, then when do you expect the next episode? Because to we start can hardly wait. I know. I don't know when. I don't know. It's going to be completely different. I just did do a movie, um, which was my first COVID acting. Oh, tell us about it. It is so weird. It is. It's so weird. I, I was in Long Island at a Marriott in a place called Melville, Long Island. The name of the movie is The Christmas Versus the Walters. Um, it was, I'd say, 100 people on the set at all times. Oh, my. Tested every 48 hours. Um, before You we had what set every 48 hours? Tested. We were you, tested. Oh, wow. There was a room at the hotel. There was a COVID supervisor who had a form you had to sign every day with a pledge. So it was a rapid it, test. Yeah, it was a rapid test that you would have every 48 hours. And um, everybody, you know, that wasn't an actor was masked with shields and all of that kind of stuff. They even had um, in these houses that we were shooting in, everybody had on like surgical booties. So they were all covered up. Like imagine you're in a hospital almost. Wow. It's a movie set. And then when it was time to eat, you got food in a little paper bag with two handles. And inside was a plastic box of always room temperature food, which <laughs> yeah. was horrible. But the worst part was... We were in this Marriott that was so gigantic. I think we were the only people there. Although the wardrobe department was there, the production offices were there. They took over the whole bottom floor of the hotel. But because everything in the hotel was shut down, so if my call wasn't until two o'clock or I had a day off or whatever, there was no way to get food because nothing was working. They even turned off the ice machines. Do you know what I mean? Oh, there, was no. somebody, there was somebody at the front desk. And then and maybe I saw somebody cleaning... I mean, most people didn't want their rooms cleaned. They would drop off towels and sheets outside your room. You know what I mean? So yeah. that there was as little exposure as possible. 
Then the PAs were driving vans back and forth. Everything was, you know, sanitized. And so the first day I was on the set, I, I can't remember even what the scene I was doing, but I had this spontaneous moment, God forbid, uh, where I was picking up a prop and they went, you can't touch that. It hasn't been sanitized. Oh, so, oh my goodness. So it's a completely, I mean, I'm glad I've had that experience before I go back on Maisel, but it's a completely different journey. Wow. Uh, of acting because it is so um, preordained. Everything has to be so planned in advance in a certain way. And yes, we will start Maisel again on the 6th and when those will be edited and ready to go, it, everything's on such a different timetable. Yeah. And the irony of everybody delaying everything. I mean, I think about this in terms of Maisel the most is that we were supposed to go back in September, then October, then November. Then they decided to wait till January and all the waiting was about making sure that we were in the best possible position for everybody to be safe. And January now is probably the, the most worst. dangerous time yes. that we've had in the whole year. That's crazy. Right. Yes. Right. Are, 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 are you all going to get your injection before you start filming? Is that possible? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I'm sure not. But I, I mean, I don't know where we'll be in the food chain because there's such a. Um, I'm sorry. I would argue that the cast of Mrs. Maisel is. They are the, 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 what do you call them? Emergency the, the emerg workers. The, We're the essential workers. Essential workers. Exactly. Yes. Essential exactly. workers. Exactly. We need it. We need it back. Yeah. Okay, that was my next question for you guys. Do you have vaccine anxiety? No. Not at all. No. Not maybe, at all. Maybe a little no. bit. My only concern is that they don't know that much about CRISPR and that we're changing our DNA. So that is kind of weird to me. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's changing our DNA to be stronger and Hopefully. You do realize that this is literally the way every zombie movie starts. I know. Right? I know. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. And it doesn't you. kick in for a few years, though. It's like, yeah. I, I think they, it, had the, they had the polio vaccine <laughs> or the, the COVID vaccine three years ago, and suddenly they wake up and they're dead. They're walking dead. Yeah. I, I love that. It's, 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 it's literally how every zombie movie starts. Right. So, um, so it, maybe we'll become of, zombies. We won't know it, and it'll be. I okay. actually was beginning to think that maybe it might not be a bad idea to just get a little touch of COVID, just get one of those, you know, well, mild know. cases. If I could somehow coordinate that, yeah. get a mild case of COVID, so I can just get my own, you know, get through the, you know, get through it okay, and have the and have the uh, antibodies. So, I know a lot of people who have gotten COVID, and they do still have the antibodies. And you know, the problem is you just don't know who you're going to be. Are yep. you going to be one of those people who walks yep. away, you know, after a couple of days of a bad cold or are you going to have to really struggle and, 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 and not survive? Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't know. You just don't know who you are that's, in this that's, situation. That's the crazy dramatic so, thing about this particular virus. Yeah. No, I'll take it. Yeah. Do you Listen. guys know where you are in the line? Well, I'm a teacher. So... I'm 677,000, yeah. I think. Our producer, Eric, told us, Eric, tell them that your mom got her news today about when she's getting her vaccine yeah well uh kaiser out here in los angeles uh started notifying finally just notified and said that uh they're looking at starting to hit the group 1b and my mom happens to turn 75 literally in like a week and so she pushes up from from one of the lower groups up to the higher group and so she'll, she'll be eligible sometime they hope they're starting in late january all right uh working with the patients as long as everything goes smoothly i mean you're still talking about in california there's still like according to the little online tool there's like a million people before 
they will even get to my mom's group of group 1B. Right. So your mom is going to take it, though. She has no problem with it. Yes. That's yes. But she's, but her only reason is that she's taking, I mean, like, her main thing, other than, like, she understands the science and they've told her all that, is mainly she doesn't want something to happen to me or my husband. She's so not worried about herself for some reason through all of this. She just doesn't want, she's like, well, as long as they want to get it, will I still be able to possibly spread it to you? Or am I still at, are we still at risk? And so that's what remains to be seen is can we still spread COVID even they after don't know. we have a vaccine? They don't know. Yeah. yeah. Don't know. There is so much we don't know about this yeah. particular disease and the vaccine and its effect. And we have all these different kinds of vaccines now, too. So there's all that up in the air. Do you uh, guys have a preference? Which one you want? Oh, that's interesting, Steve. Yeah. Are you? I wanted to try the Carvel one. I think Carvel is <laughs> yeah. coming out with a vaccine. I want the. You um, take it orally. I want, I want the, the kettle one. Calorie. What did you say, yeah, Caroline? I want the low calorie one. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to put any weight on. Can you imagine? Yeah. No, that would be funny though if they said this vaccine is it will not harm you. You will. It will save you from this horrible disease. You're gonna gain 15 pounds. Do you know how many women would say, yeah. no, forget it? Be like, I don't know, maybe I should die instead. Yeah, we've, yeah. I, Actually, we've all kind of experienced that gain 15 pounds. Oh, I have. Uh, COVID-15. Oh, yeah, I've gained I mean, it. COVID-15, yeah. I went to the doctors and he said across his practice, that, you know, men are, have an average gain of about 15 to 25 pounds um, across wow. his practice. Yeah. I don't think um, Alan's gained the, anything. The, I, I don't know. I haven't. I, I don't. I don't even. I threw look. the scale out. I mean, all I do yeah, is the, all I do is sit. I mean, I sit all day. That's right. Exactly. You know, and my from, last question for you guys is: It's a jelly beans in the jar guess. But when will you be sitting in a bar again with a microphone? Again? Yeah, there you go. There okay, you so go. I, I have no idea. Maybe the spring. Okay, when we come back on, we'll see how whoever gets closest. We're going to take out for a fabulous dinner. Oh, okay. right. All right. All now, right. we're talking about at a legitimate bar where there's people at the bar, people are drinking, there's a little hubbub in the background. Even if we have to wear masks. Right. I right. I, I think midsummer. I'll say uh, July 23rd. July 23rd. How about for you? That's one guess. What's your uh, guess? Me, I, I, for me, I, I'll go September 15th. Wow, Steve. you're going much later. Wow. Conservative. Yeah. Yes. Wow. See, I was okay. saying the spring, so I don't know. Hey, give me a date. Give me what a date. This okay, April uh, April 18th. Wow, no way. April 18th. I'm gonna say May 16th. This is like a, a football thing, right? Yeah, like a football. This is the, just yeah, the, yeah. Okay, so I'll take that up. And, and it's closest, not closest without Wait, going over. What did you say, so Caroline? I'm gonna type it up and circulate it among us, and then <laughs> the people's dates come by, and whoever wins is, you know going to be getting a really fabulous dinner. I like that. This is the Bar Crawl Radio 2020 Christmas Show, and we're talking with Caroline Aaron and Steve Saperito of the podcast Angst and Daisies. The band you're hearing is Stephen Feifke's Jazz Quartet, playing at the Gin Mill Bar on Amsterdam on the Upper West Side. Boy, oh boy, do we yearn to get back to those days. So I'm curious, you, you are now talking to us and now you're going to be talking to some other yeah, podcasters they're, they're or speaking friends. To, we're speaking to a couple of different people. Oh, yeah. So we did a, we did a oh, segment no. uh, the other day with Josh Rubin and Sister Susan. Josh Rubin, the guy who did Witness Torneo and uh, now it's Witness at the Border. He's a guy from Brooklyn. Um, 
basically gotten a Winnebago and went down to Tornillo, uh, Texas, and sat outside the detention camp with right. all the children. You tell us about And that, yeah. just like found ways to let them know that people were on the outside and, you know, we know you're here and just letting, and then went to Homestead, Florida and is now um, a, a wide, wherever they, wherever it's happening, wherever those camps are, yeah. Josh Rubin is, is going to be there and there's, to witness. There's some of them and it's nice to be in their aura because uh, people yeah. who put themselves out like that, it's- Well, well Ron, Rhonda Shearer, Ron, uh, your, your show with Rhonda Shearer. Oh, thank you for looking that up. Yeah, yeah. Tell her story. Uh, it was our, one of her recent BCR episodes. Uh, she gives out PPE to hospital workers since the COVID. She and her daughter, and she sold, not she sold, she mortgaged her house, got a million dollars, bought PPE, and then gave it away to hospital workers. When I met her uh, last week, she was giving out PPE to, at, a, at a project in, in the Bronx uh, at, at an event there. I talked with her there. But before that, the, mo the most amazing thing is she's a sculptress sculptor and she had a um a warehouse down on spring street and on uh, 9 11 2001 her daughter was in the warehouse and she was in europe I and think. saw her no she was just coming back yeah i think, from I think europe. they were on the plane and the daughter saw a need of um equipment go out to people who were taking care of the destroyed towers yeah the towers and World um they started going to the pit and bringing ppes and helmets and and uh, uh, wire cutters and all on her own dollars. And what was really amazing was because she's a sculptress and like, you know, has to deal with rebar. She actually right. knows yeah. the right equipment and would bring right. them the right equipment, yeah. you know. And what I found fascinating and I sort of had a similar situation um, with uh, Sandy. The Red Cross does one thing really, really well. Blood. But when the Red Cross shows up into disaster areas and we saw that they're really useless. Yeah. <laughs> it's, mm. you know, it's like people's homes have been destroyed and they bring a box of paper towels, bleach and a mop. Yeah. You know, wow. There's water was eight feet in my home. What are that kind of stuff? The other thing that I found that was very similar in those situations is how the official government and the official agencies uh, really fight against people who are out there trying to give mutual aid to to fellow citizens. Well, they tried to kick her how, off. Yeah, but she said, "I live there, yeah. so what could they do?" Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's Barker. She owned the building. Yeah, yeah. Barker Radio Number One Nineteen. How did you find her? How did you get? In she was. She was her, on the Brian Lair show uh, on WNYC. I heard her story. That she had borrowed, and and Brian Lair didn't really get to the whole story of, of what Rhonda uh, Who she Roland is. Shear is. They talked just about her COVID thing, and her give out giving out PPE to uh, to hospital workers. But she had such a story to tell about her working in the pit. Some of it is pretty. It's it's um, it's touching and gross at the same time. Yeah. Of her description yeah. of what was going yeah. on down there, I knew I had to talk with her when when I I heard that she had put up her uh, home so she could get $800,000 million And then she, and then she tries it. to get yeah. it back from foundations and she got and that money contributions. Back, and... But then now recently she did another million dollar uh, right. mortgage 
and she's got most of it back, not all of it. She's got right. another three hundred thousand. But she said, "I have to cover three three hundred fifty thousand. You know, but like, she's pretty sure eh, she'll get it back. Okay. Sweet lady, dedicated lady, amazing. Um, amazing. Rhonda Shear, and and a, and a talented sculptor. So yeah, and we talked about that yeah. too. She she does uh, women sculptures. There's there's one up on our website uh, of a outline in metal of a woman cleaning a toilet. It's that whole thing about how w the work that women do is so essential and just not even counted. You know, right, 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 right. Idea right. of 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 like the, the diminishment of the contribution of all of that, like cleaning the toilet and right. how important. That I live is. with somebody who would not clean you know? a toilet. I have to tell you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, so Alan has great. some questions. Yeah. How 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 much more time do you have there, Caroline? I would love to answer your questions about Christmas before I have to um, jump up because we're all talking to each other on Christmas Eve, and um, it's going to be a Christmas to remember. Um, oh boy! Yes. Oh boy! So I, I just had a few questions, and this is more for fun than yes, all the serious them. serious talk we've been having. <laughs> So my first question is, what is your favorite Christmas song or music? My favorite Christmas song is I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, <laughs> sung by Amy Winehouse. Which oh, was a, oh, Amy yes, Winehouse the, version. Yes, so, yes, listen so, to Amy Winehouse singing that version. And it's pretty exciting because, you know, um, we do a big Christmas around here. And I'll tell you my my favorite Christmas story about my own childhood, which was my mother was so invested in us believing in Santa Claus <laughs> for Christmas, may I just say. That's great. I the Nora, and we celebrated Christmas. <laughs> we did the same thing. As an American holiday. <laughs> it was an American holiday because it was the one time in the calendar year where everyone universally had time off. Um, was sort of her rationale. I grew up in the South. Yeah. And so she went to such lengths that she had sleigh bells and she'd go up in the attic so we'd hear the bells. And oh, wow. And she a light bulb in the fireplace. And then there would be cookies that were half eaten from when Santa came in. To oh, drop my goodness. And, oh, it was really elaborate. And okay, so, so tell the truth. How old were you when you stopped believing? Well, this is what the story was about. I was like 12. I'm not kidding. And I'm like in tears and i think my sister had told her that i didn't believe in santa claus anymore and and she came into my room and i she said what's the matter and i said she said do you not believe in santa claus and i said i don't well first of all i'm 12 but besides that um i said i don't and she said why didn't you tell me and i said because i do believe in him <laughs> So I'd only gotten part one of the story. I knew there was no such thing as Santa Claus, but I didn't finish up in my own mind with, I wonder who it is. And she, I just thought, I don't want to ruin this for her. Aww. You know, what I mean? she seems to love it so much. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. That is a, it's a confusing thing because by the time I had children, you know, there was all kinds of, there was our own version then of being woke. And woke parents then weren't supposed to lie to their children oh. about the Easter Bunny, about the Tooth Fairy, about Santa Claus. And I had just so enjoyed it growing up. And when my daughter, unbeknownst to us, wrote the Tooth Fairy a letter off, off schedule of losing teeth. She just put a letter under her pillow and then she was 
hysterical when she found it the next morning because it was oh. like oh my god oh. you know and it was all that stuff that all the psychologists had said had said you're lying to your children you're lying to your children and you shouldn't lie oh, to your children. Yeah. and so you know i really vamped on that one and i said finally we ended that trauma with i said she said there's no such thing as their mommy and i said well what do you believe what do you you have to tell me the truth you have to tell me the truth and i said well, I said, you know, whatever you believe is true. And obviously we now have a president that backs me up on that. I just have to say. Yeah, but he's older than six. Yeah. No, not really. No, and not mentally. Not mentally. And um, finally I said to her, well, people believe in a lot of things they can't see. Like God, as an example. A lot of people seem to uh, have a big belief in that. So you know, you get to believe whatever you want to believe. And I'm really sort of of a mixed mind, but I love the fantasy of Santa Claus for kids. I think nothing is more fun. So that was our, we had a big Christmas tradition that way. The next question has to do with kind of a Miracle on 34th Street theme, which you just brought up just now. Uh, and, and Steve, I'm going to come back to you. So you, you'll tell us your favorite, okay, okay, okay. Uh, your favorite song and your favorite Christmas film. I want to add one parenthetical thing. Uh, Caroline and I met um, in Los Angeles in, in the year 2000. I rented her guest house. So right. her kid, her son was in fifth grade. Her daughter, I think, was six or seven. And the very first Christmas um, that uh, I experienced there, um, there was this wonderful moment I will never forget in the kitchen with her son, Ben, who I said was like in fifth grade. And she said, she said, you will not tell your sister there is no Santa Claus and if you do every single one of your presents will go back you will get nothing <laughs> nothing nothing do you understand me and he's like yes and he's like do not ruin this for her that's how like and it was like I was afraid you know I was afraid the day had started with him saying to his sister do you believe in Santa Claus and I was like, my eyes got really big. And then she said, yes, Ben. And he said, it's really funny you believe that. And then I, you know, yanked his arm out of the socket and went, get over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, she was, it was, it was, it was intense. Oh, that's great. Um, my favorite Christmas song um, is uh, Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. Oh, Do you I don't that know one? that one. Oh, okay. I'll write that down. Yeah, Christmas. look that one up. He's going to put it on the little, show. It's a great little yeah, it's a great little Christmas story um, uh, from the 80s. Uh, the, um, the waitresses uh, were uh, uh, kind of one of those new wave bands, and it's like my favorite little Christmas song. And my favorite Christmas uh, movie, um, I guess, is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Thank you. All right. I think, Thank I think you. Becky's going to agree it's with you there. It's my favorite. And my husband said today, that's so boring. I was like, how no, dare no, you? No, 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 no. It's, it's, no, the, right, it's the story of the, of the collective. It's the story of the collective over the corporation. It's the story of yes. how the town comes together and how we as a, as a people and a society have to work together to support one another. And that when we do, we have a fair and equitable society. And when we leave it all to the corporations and the bank, you have slum town and the very, 
the Pottersville, exactly, and the very, very rich bankers. Yeah. So um, I always say uh, It's a Wonderful Life is about American collectivism. And uh, that's why uh, George Bailey is an American hero, as far as I'm concerned. He truly is. He okay. truly is. And okay. you, can't, you, can't, you can't say anything bad about that movie, I don't think. I yeah. really don't. I need to redeem myself. You have to give. You have to give me like thirty hey, seconds. You say what you say, and that's what the, you said the, today. The, the the scene. And 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 by the way, Alfa. And by the way, Alfalfa was in that movie. Was he? Oh, I know who he From, was. Is the yeah, one he opened he, up the pool. Opened up the. pool. He opened up the pool. Exactly correct. Alfalfa opens up the pool. Now I recognize him. The scene with um, Jimmy Stewart and um, Donna Reed. The scene when they're by the phone. And she's talking oh, to her bow. his favorite scene. And he smells her hair and oh. realizes how much in love he is with her. And then they have that That is such a beautiful kiss. acted moment. And he says, I don't want to get married. I don't want any ground floors. I don't want plastic. I don't want to get, ma- to get married. I'm going to see the world. Yeah. Right. And then, he, then they kiss. It's the most romantic yeah. piece of film work and film acting. I watch I it think. every year. I just watch it. It's so it beautifully filmed, so beautifully ago. framed. It's lovely. It's, it's my favorite. It's, it's you know what? I went to an huh. NYU film school. I graduated oh. from NYU film school. And that's one of the questions that they ask. <laughs> What's your favorite film? So, of course, these film school students are all saying, like, you know, I don't know, different foreign films and all these esoteric films. And I said, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> wonderful there, was, life. there was silence in the room. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> ask me because I'm going to come with My sons, my daughter-in-law is making us dinner and then the whole family is watching elf oh all right great that's fun that's their favorite christmas movie i don't really know it that well but i'll find out tonight all right talking about that's a good one talking about films uh there were many films made of uh, a christmas carol many many films who is your favorite scrooge i can name some of them for you would you would you like a cheat sheet uh albert albert finney go ahead albert finney patrick stewart Mr. Magoo, Jim Backus, Jim Carrey, Walter C. Scott, Alistair Sim, Bill Murray. That's the list I have. Okay. I'm Um, sure you've seen some of those. Yes, exactly. I got an Alistair Sim. Alistair Sim and uh, honorable mention goes to uh, Bill Murray because that was such a wickedly dark version. Yes. You know what, Steve? I I picked Alistair Sim too. The black and white version. The old, yeah, it's black yeah. and white. It was That's a while the one ago. I picked too. A while ago, George C. Scott I didn't particularly like, and I don't remember you know, Albert Finney. Patrick Stewart is our, our son's favorite one. Yes, know? I would say Patrick Stewart is right up there for me, and um, and Bill Murray. Yeah. It just you know, he's the sad clown. So you Alan's going to ask you who's your favorite um, ghost, but I'm going to just say mine straight out. Hands down, it was Carol Kane in that movie, Scrooged, Bill, with Bill Murray. She was fabulous. In no, Scrooged. no, she was. She was. She, she was excellent. Um, I, I had, I had like two more questions. Quick, whatever comes to your mind right away okay. is, when you were a kid, what was your best Hanukkah Christmas present? Mm. I know the one that comes to my mind immediately. Mm. I know the thing I wanted the most. Okay. What- was an elephant, a baby elephant, and I didn't get it. So <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, man. I wanted a baby elephant so, so much, and I didn't get it. But I probably would have to say, um, you know, uh, ballet slippers with with glitter on them, even though I didn't dance. You know, they're every I passed through my phase of being a ballerina fantasy, especially at Christmas. And I remember getting those shoes and being like, I can do anything now. 
Mm-hmm. I can twirl. Yeah. Right. I hear you. See, I hear you secretly go to the bar every once in a while now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Becky, what 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 was your favorite? Well, was it was a Susie Smart. Susie the Smart. Susie Smart doll yeah. with her desk. And, you know, they didn't wrap, Santa Claus doesn't wrap gifts. So it was always there just in the morning under the tree, just sitting there. And there was the Susie Smart doll with her little desk. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot Santa. Santa didn't wrap presents at our house either. That's how you knew that they were from Santa. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he's too busy. Yeah. Exactly. Santa doesn't wrap gifts. The (laughs) wrap gifts were from your parents. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Steve, did you have a favorite present? Uh, my favorite Christmas present was my candy apple green five speed Schwinn stingray. Oh, because yes. I with the banana seat? I had yes, with the banana seat and yes. the five seat on the because I was I I was in I think it was like it was either third or fourth grade, but I was still had it was a it was a Schwinn bike, but it was the one that had my training wheels and then they took the training wheels off. But it was just, it's the kind of bike that back then was totally not cool, but like six years ago, hipsters in Bushwick would have paid $400 for, you know, kind of thing. Now for $1,000. But back then, it, it, but back then it was totally not cool. But you and loved I was it. just like mortified. Oh. I was mortified to drive it. And then oh. Christmas, Christmas morning, there's the candy apple green uh, Schwinn five speed with the banana seed. Uh, it, was, it was like heavy. <laughs> oh. You're the cool kid on the block. Okay. Right. I remember I mine, mine was a chemistry set. I just, I saw that chemistry. You didn't get that for Christmas. Well, Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. We His did, parents did not, we did have, not have a Christmas tree in us. No. But I had all these dreams about blowing stuff up and. I couldn't figure out how to do it. With so, your chemistry yeah, set. but Good at the thing. time I had the drink. I did love. I loved my chemistry set. I had. Do, do kids still get chemistry sets? Yeah. Today? Yes. I, I don't know. Or I they mean, get different little experiments, like with a one, like a one-off. No, we got know? one with like mm-hmm. four hundred different chemicals and little bottles, and I kept wow. mixing them different bottles together and thinking that's going to blow up. And the alcohol and the alcohol burner. The alcohol and, <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> that kids right. get alcohol burners anymore <laughs> no no it was it was quite dangerous well, maybe not. I'm, I'm sure we could have started a war with with what i had and but you I used to how. collect lead right am i not right you used to collect lead oh that's another story yes. uh when we get them in the bar okay on uh what, what did i say july 23rd or april 18th yeah, yeah. yes we'll september 15th right. i have one more question before i say that i want to say we've been watching caroline fix her hair Throughout We're this entire, out. and it looks great, and it's, it looks better it looks and fabulous. better. Yeah. She keeps fluffing it and pushing it back. Yeah, it's, kind of... it's her technique. Uh, it's my technique because I'm not near the blow dryer, so I have to be the human blow dryer for right now because I'm going to have to sign off on you guys in a minute because I have to get ready to go up to my son's house. All right, you look great. I don't think you have to do anything more. Oh, that's so sweet, but you know, <laughs> I I wanted to wish you guys. A wonderful holiday. I am so admiring of the fact for all of us that we have kept on keeping on, that we have found life interesting in spite of. I've had my days, I don't know if you guys have, of where I just, you know, I feel like I've hit the ground and I don't want to get up. And then um, people like you help me rally. I really mean that. Well, we, we've been, we, I was so happy that Steve contacted us and said, let's get together. It, it's kind of made our Christmas because Christmas in New York City, even though, you know, it's, it's different and it's not the same this year you know, as, the, as it's yeah, been. I, by accident, 
walked by Rockefeller Center. I was walking home from a doctor's appointment um, on the east side in the 40s the other day. And I ended up by the tree and there were barricades up and thousands of thousands of people like it was like a New York Christmas. Wow. And Saks Fifth Avenue on the side of the building had the most elaborate light show with live Christmas music I've ever seen. It must have been advertised. Oh, we got, we got to go down and take a look at that. Yeah. And the tree is up. And the reason I even knew that, I was surprised they put the tree up because I thought that they would avoid putting things up where people would gather. Oh, there was a whole story about an owl that they found in yeah, the tree. Yeah, they found an owl. They a transported owl. an owl in the tree. You're kidding. And yeah. they, my doorman told me that he had taken his children there because that is their Christmas tradition. Yeah. And everybody has had to abandon tradition and and start with new traditions this year and hopefully you know some of them will be things we hang hang on to and some of them we can just as soon as we're done okay I, so and, wait, and, wait. and with that with that soon as it's done i yeah. i have one last question because uh, i i want to give uh, a, a bit of honor to the to the one man who's really given us a lot of entertainment over the last four years <laughs> yes. has filled our minds with all kinds of kind of interesting things that he that he talks about and I, I want to ask all of us here, if you had the ability to buy Donald Trump an object, some anything. object, anything for Christmas, what would you get the former president of the United States? I know. I would get him handcuffs. <laughs> that would be my gift for him. And um, I would want him to try them on right in front of me. There all you right, go. All right, all right. There you go. I, and- I have, I would give him a, I have this really good Metamucil that I use <laughs> because I think he's not going to be able to find it where he's going to end up, wherever he ends up. Ah. And so I'd give him a nice supply of, of, of my uh, But that's a kindness. Fiber. That is a kindness. Yeah, it, it is. It yeah, is. It is a kindness. But it really wouldn't be Metamucil. So, but we'll, oh, we'll go okay. there. Oh, okay. I give him a I give him a one way ticket to Mars on Space Force. He oh. can just have his Space Force and just oh, right. go to Mars. Yes, his Space Force. And Alan and I tried to sign up for it. By space the way. Force. Well, we wanted to be space cadets. <laughs> we, we really, to, yeah. we really did. Oh my god! I do oh I do love that they that they did Space Force and they created uniforms for Space Force oh my that gosh. were camouflage in nature. Like <laughs> there, are, there are no. There are no, there are no woods in space. There is no need for camouflage. I mean, you just have to wear like a. If you're going to Mars, just kind of a dirt red, right? Oh my God, camouflage! Yeah, just, I didn't even know that. I camouflage. Oh my God! Oh my God! What yeah. would it be? Oh my God! Well, I will say, I will say this. One of the things that we binge watched, um, I binge watched with Caroline and her family. Uh, was Space Force? Yeah, very funny. Uh, the TV show, yeah. and it's and and it apparently has been it was only supposed to be one season it apparently is now getting a second season yeah. and if you haven't seen it i recommend Did we it, watch it, it is, i've watched it yes yeah, very funny oh i should yeah. watch it so yeah. becky what would you it's, buy it's rebecca well, i told you i would buy but i like i like steve's better i said i would buy him a one-way ticket to moscow but oh, moscow well moscow I mean, mars we've got it he might be embraced in moscow i know that that's a kindness too actually Steve, Caroline, yeah. it's so great seeing you and talking with you. You've, great seeing you guys. We're, we're heading off Alan to, and our, Rebecca. to our you, children's right. house. Are you going to the streets some more, you guys? No, no. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Because they talk. They are talking about opening up the street in front of our apartment building on uh, weekends. On weekends. But there's been a delay because they had to do something, I guess, as a water they're, they're, main. They're, they're working on they're the working street. On, yeah. But uh, if we do and, and you feel brave, we'll invite you out to the street. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Happy New Year, you guys. Happy and New Year. We'll talk soon. You okay. too. Great talk. With Thank you. you. Awesome. Thank you. I hope Thanks, so. guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Steve. All right. Bye, Bye. Caroline. And that's Park Pro Radio for 2020. So happy we could share this last episode of this very trying year with two of our favorite people and podcasters. A shout-out and Happy New Year to Wade Ripka, whose Eastern Blockheads band opens all of our shows. And we'll end this one with a cut from the Four Celtic Voices version of the first Noel. Hey.